It is Tuesday, April 18th, and this is your morning mug. This episode is brought to you by Mudwater. Mudwater is a coffee alternative, as well as the most aptly named sponsor for this show ever, with one-seventh of the caffeine as a regular cup of coffee. It's made with masala chai, cacao, mushrooms, turmeric, sea salt, cinnamon, and that is it. And I know what you're thinking, Matt. You are somebody who loves caffeine. Why would you be hawking for a company that is advertising less caffeine? And that's because it worked. It's true. I love caffeine. I used to drink two energy drinks a day, and now I might have one a week. All thanks to Mudwater. If you or someone you love might want to make the switch to Mudwater, all you have to do is head on over to muddiedwatersoffreedom.com slash mud to make the switch today. Good morning, everyone. Hope you are having a fantastic Tuesday. I am Matt Wright, Editor-in-Chief of Muddied Waters Media, here to deliver you your morning news. Let's get into it. Yesterday, um, there were hearings on the Hill led by Jim Jordan uh, over the over Alvin Bragg's handling of the indictment of former President Trump. Um, we Alvin Bragg is currently I may have talked about this last week. It also may have been on the episode that uh, ended up not having audio uh, due to a issue with my due to an issue with my sound. Um, but Alvin Bragg is currently countersuing Jim Jor or suing Jim Jordan, saying that uh, what is happening with him being subpoenaed to testify to testify in front of Congress um, is a political witch hunt. Uh, and I made a joke in there where I said, and Jim Jordan responded with, well, that's the pot calling the kettle black to which Alvin Bragg replied with that's racist. Um, don't get me wrong. What Jim Jordan is doing is completely political. What Alvin Bragg is doing is also completely political. Both sides are doing a political witch hunt on each other. So let's get into what was kind of went on in the hearing today. Um, the hearing was officially titled uh, Victims of Violent Crime in Manhattan. Uh, because what Jim Jordan is attempting to do is point out that while he is indicting President Trump, for this case that started in 2008, but really came into the forefront in 2016 is when the illegal things happened. Actually, technically, according to the documents, 2017 was when the uh, 2017 was when the illegal things happened. Um, while he is indicting him on these things, he, Jim Jordan is trying to point out that crime is really, really bad in new york uh which crime is really really bad in new york um so the big takeaways is that what was truly a hundred percent easily obvious to everybody is that 
This hearing is not over how much crime is happening in New York or whether or not Alvin Bragg is um, whether or not Alvin Bragg is prosecuting other crimes as harshly or as uh, quickly as he is tempting to do with the Trump case. Everything about this trial, about this hearing, was Trump. Um, According to The Hill, uh, in the process of making the broader argument that Bragg was too lenient on criminals, Jordan asserted that the scales of justice are weighed down by politics in Manhattan. Um, Obviously meaning... You don't care about the people who are dying, the people who are being mugged, the people who are, you know, being robbed, the people who are, uh, whatever, uh, being raped, assaulted, anything else. You don't care about them. You're only going after political people you don't like. Uh, and looking at, looking at stats, and we're going to get a little bit into stats later, but looking at stats, that is what that appears is happening. Not that he's not looking into it, but that you know, that crime there is going, oh, one is, is just multiplying in New York. Um, the GOP was trying to get Bragg with a combination punch, uh, arguing that he and the Democrats are soft on crime, while also suggesting Bragg is wrongfully focused on Trump uh, and the alleged wrongdoing uh, for partisan reasons. So, a lot of people, uh, Van, uh, Van Jones is even saying that the case is weak. I don't like Trump. I think that this case is weak. I think, I can't believe they are trying to bring this up and do this. But obviously what they are doing is for partisan reasons. What they are doing, what the Republicans are doing is for partisan reasons. It's all for partisan reasons. Uh, Jordan then turned the microphone over to Jerry Nadler uh, out of New York, and Trump got brought up even more. Uh, Nadler insisted that the hearing was only taking place at all because Jordan was doing the bidding of Donald Trump, uh, and then he further claimed that Republicans on committee had designated the event to intimidate and deter the duly elected district attorney of Manhattan from doing the work his constituents elected him to do. And because of these kind of things, this wasn't a hearing on whether or not Alvin Bragg is doing the right thing, whether or, and whether or not he's doing the right thing and going after criminals who are doing, you know, the, the, the victim crimes. Uh, but instead, whether it didn't become about that. It just became about you're only doing this because of Trump. You're only going after him because he's Trump. And that's what the entire thing became about. That was what hung over the air about all of it. Um, the Democrats had to be really careful in the had to be really careful in this uh, hearing around the different witnesses that they that they uh, were calling because they had to downplay the experiences of key witnesses without making it seem like they were downplaying the experience of key witnesses. So they had to like insult the hearing and say that, you know, it was just a political show and it doesn't matter. 
but they couldn't downplay the experiences of key witnesses. So they had to walk a very, very fine tightrope. Um, and one of those witnesses included Madeline Brame, who lost her son, Army Sergeant Hassan Correa, Correa uh, in, in an especially brutal homicide back in 2018. Uh, she is now the chairwoman, Brame is now the chairwoman of the Victims' Rights Reform Council. And she was saying that Bragg and his office had treated her family like garbage. Um, also testifying was Barry Borgen, whose son was badly beaten in a 2021 anti-Semitic attack. And Republicans contended that Democrats on the panel were being dismissive of those voices. Uh, Representative Elise Stefanik accused Democrats of engaging in a smear of brave New Yorkers. Um, some Democrats on the panel struggled more than others on how to balance respect for the witnesses with skepticism of the proceedings. Um, and Madeline Dean said it was right and proper that the witnesses raise their voices. Uh, but addressing them directly, she added, there's an underlining sham going on here. I know you don't like to hear it. Your voices are important, but two things can be true at the same time. And that might be one of the only times I have ever in my life agreed with representative madeline dean because two things can be true at the same time and in this case what they are doing what the gop is doing is a sham is what they do what going on in new york a sham yes that is also a sham what the people are going through what the witnesses are going through that are trying to figure out why the da isn't prosecuting or doing anything to help them you know get their cases solved or won or whatever um is a sham it is an absolute sham all of this all of this is political theater and it is an absolute sham and then so statistics actually came up in in the debate and I, I don't remember the saying off the top of my head, but it's like there's liars, damn liars, and people who use statistics. And anytime that you have two sides arguing, uh, you have two sides arguing over, you know, one issue or the other, you're going to find out that for the most part, they're going to use statistics. Yes, they have things to back those statistics up, but that absolutely doesn't mean that either one of them are telling the truth or that either one of them are lying because statistics can be made to look however you want them to. I one time wrote a paper that said if we got rid of childhood obesity, we would bankrupt the economy. And I proved it. And my teacher wrote on that paper, I hate that I agree with you. And I've never felt so dirty and I got an A. Um... But Jordan uh, said that said that there had been a 23% surge in major crimes in New York during 2022. Jim Kessler responded with New York is safer on average than Ohio, Texas, and many other places. <laughs> then statistics are just going, they just started fl flying out uh flying out back and forth now 23 percent surge in major crimes during 2022 now alvin bragg wanted to point out he wanted to point out uh that 
homicides in New York City had declined 14% as of this month, year over year, as of this month, to, to revert the 20, 23% higher. But Jim Jordan said higher major crimes, which isn't just homicide, but it's attempted homicide. It's homicide, attempted homicide, uh, rape, assault, uh, robbery, things like that. All of those have increased 23%. And he said, well, no, murder is down. Uh, and then statistically, uh, whereas Kessler says, statistically, New York is safer on average than Ohio, Texas, and many other places. Right, because you're not only looking at New York City, you're looking at the entire state of New York, where most of the crime is happening in New York City. So, yeah, that would make sense because New York City has one major metropolitan area and then smaller areas that are going to be a lot more uh, spread out. Texas has Houston, it's got Dallas, it's got San Antonio, it's got Austin, um, Ohio. You're going to have less people living there. You're going to have less people living there than any of the other places. So on a per capita basis, yes, it's going to appear as though it is safer. Uh, it's going to appear as though it is safer. Uh, and what on in many other places, that's all I said. So statistics are just a way for people to try to get their side to appear as though it is uh, as though there's what they are trying to argue. They will find the statistics to make their point. That's it. They're just going to find the statistics to make their point. And other people are going to do the exact same thing. And even though the words they're saying sound the same, they are not the same. And it's about knowing where those differences are. The fact that Jim Jordan said 23% surge in major crimes and Bragg responds with decline uh, murder homicides in New York had declined 14% year on year as of this month shows that they're talking about two different statistics. Those are two totally different things, but they're using them back and forth with each other. Um, I really thought that this was going to go by quicker. Uh, you know what? I'm just going to, because I love all of you, I'm just going to do the commercial break at the end of this episode. So just tune in and uh, you'll get the full episode in one shot. Um, the other thing, um, people, people keep using the woke thing. Which I understand, I understand, but um, I understand I understand the desire to point everything out as being woke. I absolutely get it, but it turns it into more of a it turns everything into a culture war fight, and it turns everything into this culture war fight. And when you're trying to argue statistics and show that look, you aren't going after criminals you can't really bring up the wokeness because that turns it into a completely different argument. Uh, Wesley Hunt, representative out of Texas, characterized Bragg as a woke district attorney. And then, of course, he brought up George Soros and the Black Lives Movement and all that kind of stuff. Um, and a little while earlier, Dan Goldman uh, pressed Borgen, the father of the guy whose son was beaten in an anti-Semitic attack um, about whether verbal attacks on Bragg that referenced Soros were anti-Semitic. <laughs> so the witness averred in general terms, he agreed that one sign form, one sign from an anti-Soros protester was plainly anti-Semitic. So he was saying, he was saying, yeah, basically 
it's not anti-Semitic to say that to call out George Soros for being George Soros. That does not mean that not everybody that calls out George Soros is an anti-Semitic, but that doesn't mean that everybody who calls out George Soros is anti-Semitic. And he said, yeah, there are people out there who are anti-Semitic who don't like George Soros and are going to say it in the worst ways that are offensive to all Jewish people. But not every time somebody says something bad about Soros is it anti-Semitic. And that is absolutely 100% right because you can say bad things about anybody and that doesn't mean that you hate every single person of that culture, creed, belief, nationality, race, whatever. Um and they went out, so they were going after, they wanted to go after the wokeness of the entire thing, but the attacks, but whenever you do the attacks on that, you, you're calling in so much more. You're going to be calling in, uh, you're going to be calling in every other aspect of what it means to be woke. And instead of saying, why aren't you going out here and prosecuting these crimes? It brings in everything else into the discussion um, and it will, pardon the phrase, muddy the waters of, uh, it'll muddy the waters of whatever it is you are trying to have the discussion about. Even Troy Nels uh, out of Texas uh, blasted the, what he called dishonest media and said, you, in the back, you are the greatest threat to this country. And I wouldn't say the greatest, but I mean, they're up there. I mean, they're definitely up there. Uh, I would think the greatest threats to this country were every single person sitting in Congress and the Senate today and everybody in the, you know, the alphabet agencies. But, you know, I mean, he's not far off, I guess. But when you're... Yes, you want to call out the media, but why was this being brought up in this trial? When you start bringing wokeness into these hearings, the hearings no longer become about the violence going on in the neighborhood. Instead, it becomes about the all-encompassing meaning of being woke. Uh, and because Democrats were involved in this and violence was in the title, guns came up for some reason um <laughs> they wanted to vote they kept trying to focus on guns throughout the they tried to focus on the connection of crimes and guns throughout the entire hearing um representative representative adriano s s adriano espilat espiat espiat i'm gonna go adriano espiat uh said of you can't do it when trying to address crime without putting guns front and center. Uh, at one point, Jordan contended that if Democrats cared so passionately about gun control, they should have done more to advance it when they held both chambers of Congress as well as the White House up until January. Um, the charge that Jordan had made gave Jerry Nadler some sense of life and pointed that it was impossible of getting such legislation through the Senate without some degree of GOP support because of the filibuster. You needed 60 votes and we got no Republican votes and that's why it didn't pass. And it's not that that's why it didn't pass. It didn't pass because they didn't put it up because they knew it wouldn't pass, but they never put it up. They didn't put it up because they knew that it wouldn't pass. 
and they didn't want the L on their record. They did not want to have the L sitting there hanging on their record. That is why it didn't pass. You know the amount of the outpouring of support they would have gotten from the media and from the people on the left and everything else if they had put it up? If they had actually done it? Yeah. But yeah, so they tried to tie it back to guns and I, to me, and I could be wrong. I went to New York once. I didn't like it. I probably won't ever go back. But from what I understand, New York has gun control. Strict gun control. How is more gun control going to stop that? We'll be right back after, well, we won't, but you know, you know the drill. We'll be right back after these commercial breaks. That is the episode. Thank you all so much for tuning in. If you enjoy what is happening here at Muddied Waters Media, I ask you to do a couple of simple favors for us. Please, whatever podcasting platform you are listening to us on, give us a five-star review. Also, leave a review. And the biggest way that you can help is by sharing this episode with your friends. Thank you all so much for tuning in. We will see you again very soon. And remember, where we're going, we don't need roads. <laughs>